Thank you for the wonderful praise. It is good to see all of you here. It is very different. When I preached uh, in the empty uh, sanctuary, I felt like I uh, spoke in the air, but now I can speak to people. So it is good to uh, see that. What is the most important power that we should have? What is the power that I need to live happy and meaningful life? What power can make my life happy and meaningful? I ask this question to myself. What is the power that I need to follow Jesus. My conclusion is that I need the power that can defeat fear, my fear. Other powers, good. If I have it, I'm thankful. If I don't have it, it's all right. I can live without it. But I need that power that defeats my fear. Otherwise, I cannot live meaningful life. I cannot always live in fear. Fear robs me of good life that I should deserve to live. This virus has gripped the whole world with fear. Yes, it has affected our life in the most profound way. It was real fear, not just imaginary paranoid. As of July 9th, it killed 4,225,765 people worldwide. Four million people were killed. But to think about it, really uh, think of our life. It is not just the virus that causes fear within us. Fear has been always with us. Fear is what we experience almost every day in our lives. It's almost very much part of our life, part of our existence. Of course, there are neurotic fears too. That's why we have all these phobias, acrophobia, aerophobia, arachnophobia, claustrophobia, and so on. But the real fear is also always with us. We have a fear about unknown future, fear about our finances, our health, and our children and grandchildren, and unforeseeable accidents and also fear about death. These are real fears, not just paranoid. Whatever we do in your life, you will encounter your own fear. You have no choice but to encounter and face your own fear. When we are gripped by fear, and we make all kinds of mistakes, we won't usually make 
Euro Cup soccer is going on. Today is a final. Italy and England will uh, have a final. And uh, Copa America just finished yesterday. Argentine beat uh, Brazil. Uh, and also Wimbledon tennis is going on. Our uh, beloved Canadian Shapovalov uh, went up to the semifinal. Uh, he was so good, but he lost to Djokovic. I saw some games, uh, both soccer and tennis, and I saw clearly what fear did to them. At a critical moment, they choked. At a critical moment, they made mistakes they won't usually make. But it's not just in sports. In every aspect of our lives, when fear grips us, we become immobilized, we become paralyzed, and we make mistakes. We cannot think clearly. That's why some people behave very strangely during this pandemic. The fear and isolation together make them very strange. They can't think clearly. So it is important to learn how to deal with our fear. We can never get rid of fear. Trying to get rid of fear is not healthy. You become stranger. When you uh, try to get rid of fear, you become, uh, uh, you, you, you be, uh, be in denial. And denial will do uh, worse things to you than fear. Appropriate fear is necessary. And it's all right. It is all right to fear. But you have to know how to deal with fear that arises from within you. So instead of trying to get rid of fear, you have to learn how to deal with fear. And we need power greater than the power of fear. If we don't have that power, then we lose. We need power greater than the power of fear. Then if you have that, then you'll win your life. If you don't have that, you lose your life. So, question is whether we have that power that is greater than the power of fear. That was what the disciples had to learn. Mark, he's a genius. Gospel Mark, when you read his book, when you first read it, it looks like he's just describing Jesus' life uh, from the beginning of his ministry. But no, deep inside there is a very, very uh, creative and critical uh, way of delivering the message of Jesus Christ in the Gospel Mark. Today's story is long, but it is surrounded by the beginning and the end. And uh, in this beginning and, and the end, this, uh, this story is situated. The beginning is this. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil, many who were sick, sick and cured them. That's the beginning. And then verse 14 to 29, John the Baptist being beheaded. And then last, the end is, verse 30, the apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that uh, they had done and taught. So this story, long story, is situated between this uh, beginning and the end. What is the beginning and the end? Uh, the end? 
It is like this. Jesus sent out the disciples to go out and to do the mission. But don't take anything. Don't trust your own, in your own power, but trust only in God's power. Depend only on God's power. So they went out with only the staff and uh, 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 the, the, uh, without even the uh, second pair of uh, clothes. They went out and they experienced wonderful power of God. They laid hands and people were uh, healed. And then the, the demons were cast out and Satan fell from the sky. They never experienced this kind of a spiritual power. Until then, it was all Jesus who did everything. Jesus was the one who healed. Jesus was the one who exercised demons. Jesus was the one who uh, fed uh, 5,000. It was all Jesus. And they just observed what Jesus was doing. But this time, they actually experienced that spiritual power themselves. And then they were so excited. They were so excited. So they came back to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, you know what happened? I did this, and then he did this, and all kinds of things. We saw the great work of God you know, when we went out. So that was the beginning to the, to the end. And at the end, uh, they came out, and uh, they were talking to Jesus about what happened to them. And then Mark, he's a genius, creatively, he put the story of John the Baptist right in between. Right in between. He's inserted. It is what happened before. It was a flashback. Remembered. But he put right in, in between. Why did he do that? What message did he want to communicate? What was Mark trying to say? By putting John the Baptist story right in between. What Mark is trying to say is, hey, there is greater power than the power of exorcising demons and healing the sick. What is that power? It is the power of overcoming fear. That is the power you disciples have to learn. And that power John the Baptist had. Nobody had it, but John the Baptist had that power. You know John the Baptist? He didn't do miracles. He didn't heal people. He didn't exercise demons. He was just simply a voice in the wilderness. He didn't have that kind of power, but he had the power to be faithful to God, to the end. Even fear of death could not break him, could not make him kneel. John, I'm a Mark 6, 14 and 29 that uh, we read is a long passage. You heard about Herod, his wife Herodias, and his stepdaughter, and it describes John's story and then the John's beheading, all that. But you don't see John there. In that long story, it's a John's story, but you don't see John. The silence of John speaks volumes. He didn't try to run away. He didn't try to persuade Herod that you're wrong. He didn't try to beg for his life. He had the power 
to live out who he was. He had power to be the person he was. We are very different. We are so scared that we pretend to be somebody whom, whom we are not. But John, he was just simply himself. He was voice in the wilderness and he did his job well. And as a result of his job, when he was in prison and then death came, he just accepted imprisonment and death. He had power to overcome his own fear. That is a victory. That is a victory of life. Herod, he was different. He had all the power in the world. He even had the power to execute John the Baptist. He could kill. He had the power to kill somebody. But he was a coward. He was a coward. He was completely controlled by his own fear. When he heard about Jesus, Jesus was doing this and that, he was scared. He said to himself, Oh, John the Baptist that I killed, he came alive and came in Jesus' form, he said. The murderer fears the person whom he murdered. And John was very scared. Look at verse 16. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. He feared John. He lived in fear. He feared John. When he was alive, he feared him. Even when he killed him, he feared John. That's why in Jesus, he saw John the Baptist. He was a man of fear. Look at the reason he killed John the Baptist was because of fear. Fear of the people around him. Because he promised he, that he would give whatever uh, the, uh, the, the uh, little girl asked for. Like when you look at verse 26, the king, he was not really king. He was a puppet king appointed by Rome. The king was deeply grieved. Yet out of regard for his oath and for the guests, he did not want to refuse her. That's why he killed John the Baptist. What kind of coward was he? I mean, just because he promised the girl that I'll give whatever you wanted, just to keep that promise, you kill a person? What a coward. He should have confronted the little girl how inappropriate your asking was. It's not good to kill somebody. But he didn't have that courage to do so. Herod had all the power in the world and yet he did not have power to deal with his own fear. He could never live a good life. If we have no power to deal with our own fear, you can never live good life. You may live maybe a comfortable life, but you can never live a good life. Discipleship is not about what we do. 
Discipleship is basically about overcoming your own fear. Jesus' disciples experienced the wonderful power of God. Satan fell from the sky. They could exorcise demons. They could heal the sick. They had tremendous power. And yet, they still did not have the power of John the Baptist. When Jesus was arrested, what did they do? They all ran away. Peter denied Jesus three times because of fear. In other words, they did not yet have the power to deal with their own fear. That's why Mark put this story right in between. Because that is something that they had to learn. But in the end, all the disciples finally learned and had that power to deal with their own fear. They gave their lives. They all became martyrs. They were able to overcome their own fears and follow Jesus to the end. And they lived out the truth. When the truth came within them, they were able to live out that good life. When truth comes alive within you, there is no place for fear. When truth Comes alive, comes alive within you. There is no place for fear. That's why Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. When truth comes alive within you, you will become free from fear. That's what it means. And disciples understood that truth and then they lived out living that truth. Discipleship is not about doing this or that. Discipleship is a journey of overcoming our fear. Of course, we all start with lots of fear in the beginning. But as you go through that journey, you one by one, you overcome your own fear. In that sense, discipleship is not limited and is exclusively limited to just uh, like a religious fanatics or so dedicated people. I mean, it's, uh, we use it, uh, use the wrong uh, word in a wrong way. Discipleship is a lifestyle for everyone. Because everyone needs to overcome their own fear. So discipleship is for everyone. It is the best lifestyle. We are followers of Christ. We are followers of God. If God is for us, who is against us? And what is against us? That was what St. Paul said. If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will 
bring any charge against God's elect. It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. God called us and declared that we are justified. Our sins are forgiven. Our no charge is laid against us. Now God is for us who is against us. My friends, we are all free from our fear. Fear of punishment, fear of failure, fear of rejection, and fear of death. We are free. We have that power to defeat the fear. We don't need to live in fear anymore. That was how John the Baptist lived and died. And that was how Jesus lived and died. The stories of John the Baptist and the stories of Jesus was not, were not about horrible death that they experienced. Their stories are about how they did not submit to the power of fear. Human victory. Human victory. And God's victory. Their stories were about how they conquered the power of fear. Very difficult, but they lived it. They became living example. Now you can also live. One of the greatest blessings we get in getting to know Christ is, of course, when you die, you go to heaven. That's the greatest blessing. But while you live on earth, Christ gives the power to defeat your own fear. The more deeply you know Christ, the more powerfully that power will work within you. I'd like to invite all of you to experience that power to overcome your own fear. And I want you to teach your children that power because they need, they need it. They will encounter many situations where they will be surrounded by fear. But if they have the power, they can take any challenges in life. They can overcome any problems uh, they face in their lives. Ultimately, whether you have the power to defeat that fear or not, once you have it, you can deal with your life very well. Life will not be necessarily easier but you will be able to find good life when you have that power. That power will completely free you from fear. Do you believe that? With Christ, that is possible. And I believe that that is good life. Let us sing together.